Talk of the Thrones. Thrones. The Ringer's instant reaction show for all things Ice and Fire is back. Now as a pod. To cover the new Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. Every Sunday night, the Ringerverse, Chris Ryan, that's me. Joanna Robinson. And I, Mallory Rubin, will be breaking down the latest episode. Sharing our thoughts on all the schemes and plots. Uh, schemes and plots are the same thing. Dragons. And incest. Hey, it's a Game of Thrones show. So boot up your favorite podcast player and head to the Dragon Pit. Because fire and pods will reign. This episode is brought to you by Peacock, presenting critically acclaimed originals for your Emmy consideration. Stream limited series Apples Never Fall, starring Annette Bening and Sam Neill, and The Tattooist of Auschwitz, based on the best-selling novel. Plus, TV movie Mr. Monk's Last Case and the semi-animated In the Know from Mike Judge and Zach Woods. Finally, head to the Highlands with Alan Cumming in the hit competition series The Traitors. Peacock is your consideration destination this Emmy season. From Academy Award winner Steven Zalian. This is what I do for a living. Top critics agree Netflix's Ripley is masterful, sumptuous, and suspenseful. He's a liar. It's his profession. I have no idea what you're talking about. Ripley is the finest thing TV has offered in many years. The Guardian gives it five stars and raves Andrew Scott is absolutely spellbinding. For your Emmy consideration in all categories, including outstanding limited series, Ripley. I like the name. It is Friday, August 26th. Remember MoviePass? If you're a movie super fan, like I am, the name probably brings back memories of the heyday of 2017 and 2018. 10 bucks a month for a movie a day, no limitations. Pretty amazing deal. At its peak, about 3 million people subscribed. And it was attempting to solve an age-old problem for both movie theaters and Hollywood studios. The theaters are often packed on Friday and Saturday nights for whatever the hot new movie is, but you can often see tumbleweeds during the week. Nobody goes for smaller pictures like documentaries or comedies, and these theaters are mostly empty outside of peak times. But the deal that MoviePass was offering was so amazing that it quickly went out of business. Uh, that's because MoviePass was buying tickets at full price, giving them to its customers for the low subscription price and trying to figure out how to make money down the line. Not sustainable, right? Stacy Spikes knew this. Stacy was the co-founder of MoviePass. He started it as a $30 a month service. But when it was taken over by a company called Helios and Matheson, they had a bright idea. Let's just lower the price to $10, build up a huge audience, and then we'll go back to the theaters and studios and try to lower our costs once we have scale. That's a very tech industry way of approaching this, but it didn't work. And Stacy Spikes was pushed out of the company when they were trying. But now he's back. Stacy and his investors bought MoviePass out of bankruptcy. They retooled the business model. And over Labor Day weekend, they're going to relaunch it. He started a wait list for the service yesterday. Producer Craig immediately got in on it. And now I'm wondering, will it work? Are theaters and studios going to participate in MoviePass? Will customers flock back, even though it's not as good of a deal as they once got. So to answer those questions, we're bringing Stacey Spikes in here to tell us himself and to pitch us the new movie pass. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Stacey Spikes. He is the founder, the original founder and the current CEO of MoviePass. And Stacey, I think you are the talk of the town this week because your 
the company you founded, the company that you uh, had a falling out with the people who took it over, you were kind of ejected from the company and you vowed to get it back. You did get it back and now you are relaunching MoviePass, the subscription movie company. Um, tell us how this will be different from the previous MoviePass. Sure. So there's there's really three movie passes that happen. So when I was CEO, so I'm, I'm one of the co-founders uh, with Hamei Watt. And so we started in 2011 and took it up through 2017. And while I was CEO, the price point was around $30, right? For how many movies? You could still go to a movie a day, but it was around $30 a month, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So we had a pre, we were getting closer to break even and, and, and working our way there. So we got a buy offer in 2017 and the new owners were like, we're going to make it $10 because Netflix is $10. And it was like, that doesn't make sense, but okay. And uh, we all kind of know how that went. And what's different this time around is... What we're doing is we're going to let you pick the level you want to be at, $10, $20, $30. You're going to get a certain number of credits. The movies in the app will be peak and off-peak times, just like a theater does where Friday night, Saturday night are peak, and off-peak is your Monday through Thursday time period. You're going to be able to use your credits any way you want. So if you're a higher-end user and you want 30 dollars worth of credits each month or you feel like well I'm going to I I want to go to one or two movies a month but I want to get that I want to pay less for that. That way you're going to be able to pick and have variable pricing and the theaters will also be able to offer variable pricing on titles from their end. So what we're doing is creating a more dynamic marketplace where before we didn't we were paying full price to the theaters and it was one size fits all regarding the subscription price as well. So you're going to pick what you want. And the theaters are going to be able to put in inventory that they want. And that's the difference. So you've been emailing people who were previously MoviePass subscribers. Uh, Producer Craig was one of them. He got the emails this week. And they're used to 10 bucks at this point, for better or worse. What do you get on this program, this new version for 10 bucks a month? So I would, so the range is going to be from, and this is the ballpark because some of this mm-hmm. is going to get tested in the beta. So let's say it's one to three movies a month and you want to be at $10. So if you go to three movies, whatever that is, 40, 50% off. Uh, if you go to one movie, it's less than what you would normally pay on a single ticket. So if I want to go Friday night, and I want to go, I want the $10 a month plan. I can go to see that one movie on a Friday night and it's less than what it would have been. But if I want to go midweek, I can go to more. So let's say three movies. Now, let's say in the middle of the month, there's some more titles than I, I want to go more. You can buy more credits and put them in your account and go more if you want. Or you can upgrade and say, you know what, this is silly. I want to go to the $30 a month plan. You're going to be able to do that on your own. It gives you a lot more flexibility that you had before. And $30 is unlimited anytime you want? No, right now there is no unlimited plan anywhere in the immediate future. So 
It's some form of a plan that is more of a marketplace that you won't, you're going to be buying tickets at, at a wholesale price um, at less than you would pay face value uh, through the subscription service, but it is not unlimited. Now, the whole challenge to the model and what ultimately doomed MoviePass before was that it was literally a dollars for dimes business. You pay full price for these tickets from the theater owners and you were giving them to you customers. I say you, but it was really the people who took over the company um, yeah. were giving the tickets to people for their subscription price that was less than the price of a single ticket. So yep. with this new model, are you going to the theaters and saying, sell us tickets at a discounted price here midweek? Because that seems like what you're doing. And that might be controversial for the theater owners that are used to getting full price for their tickets. Yes and no. What we are, we've signed deals with around 25% of the theaters in the marketplace. And what we've said is so, MoviePass has always been a day of service, right? We never, we don't do advanced tickets in the future. Um, so that day, if there are empty seats in your theater, you as a theater owner can leave, I'm, I'm making these numbers up. You can leave it at $15. You can bring it down or you can do it like you would. It's a Tuesday night and it's discount Tuesdays. As a theater owner, that's up to you to do, right? We're going to allow you to do that. Uh, you, whatever you do in your system is going to reflect inside of our app. So that's the difference is the, before the theater really didn't have any interaction with the app. Now you do. So mm -hmm. you have that capability. So you as a theater owner will be making your own decisions. And what happens is you're going to drive more traffic to your theater, but now you can determine what you want to do. So if it's a if it's a phenomenon like a Top Gun or something where you literally don't have that much inventory, you can cut off Movie Pass and not allow the Movie Pass subscribers to go to your theater for Top Gun. Is that what you're saying? No, you it, it, let's let's say Top Gun opening weekend is going to be peak pricing, right? And it's holding so strong the following weekend, you're still going to keep it at peak pricing. Mm -hmm. But maybe another movie opened and it fell 50%. And you say, well, that one, I don't need to keep it peak. As a theater owner, you'll be able to do that. It allows you the capability of variable pricing in the marketplace. And it's reflected in the points that are required to get a ticket for that movie. Correct. Correct. So it's sort of like, almost like a Hotels Tonight type situation where you were you were one of the first people who got that that quickly yeah it's it's similar to the airline and the hotel industry where you have an aggregator that allows you to move inventory uh more efficiently without needing to go through sales or this or that you can do it right there on the fly and it will reflect right in the app so you know this seems like a more sensible business model. First of all, how did you settle on this particular model? Did you bring in consultants? Did you hire McKinsey to say, figure out the subscription business for movie theaters? What did you do to settle on this? Uh, you know what? When we went and bought it back, we did Gretchen, who is my uh, partner, Gretchen McCourt. So she was came from the exhibition side of the world. We did a listening tour 
where we went to every studio that would sit with us, every theater circuit that would sit with us, and a large number of consumers. And so the consumers like it because it's a discovery tool. And like Craig, your producer was saying, you know, he went to see different things and was willing to try new movies out because it it, it gave him that ability. The theaters want some way to be able to move their own traffic and kind of control their own destiny. So that's something that they asked. Could we do that? And then the the third part was the studios who said, how do we get more people to see our movies? So we're not going to change the destiny of a Marvel title, right? We're not going to, we don't change the life of Spider-Man. But some of the art house and, and smaller studio films from medium down, uh, Matt, we were 20% of some of their ticket sales, right? I remember. I remember the documentary RBG in 2018. Right. There was like 15, 10, 15% of the tickets were from MoviePass. And it's those smaller genres, like yep. you know the, the lesser action films and the comedies and the rom-coms, things that are not considered that theatrical these days. A service like MoviePass could really boost attendance for that. But it's it's interesting because when you say you have all these theaters signed up, you don't have the top theater chains, correct? AMC, Regal, they're not on board yet. The top three? No. If you take out the top three, we've done deals with 40% of the rest of the universe. Mm -hmm. So why are you not? I mean, the answer, I know the answer to this. The answer is in the five years since MoviePass became a thing, all of the, partly because of MoviePass, the top chains now have their own programs their own yeah. loyalty programs, whether it's Stubbs A-List or Unlimited at Regal. So what is your pitch? Why should someone subscribe to MoviePass and not one of the other chain's programs? So I, first off, I don't think it's a, a either or universe. I think in the same way today, you can buy your movie ticket on Fandango. You can buy it at amc.com. You can buy it at movie tickets. You can buy it at Adam films, uh, Adam tickets. So really it's more of a question of if I own a theater, how many agents do I want helping to sell my tickets? Right. I think as a, as a theater chain, I would want as many agents trying to fill my auditoriums uh, I wouldn't limit it to just one, right? So I don't think there's an either or answer. And what we've found similar to before was 75% of our customers went to three or more circuits. And so we found you would go to AMC and Regal during summer blockbuster season. But when Oscars came, you went to... Arclight, you went to uh, uh, in New York, you went to the Angelica, you went to Landmark. So consumers mostly want a go anywhere service. The theaters are loyalty programs that are only unique to them. And so we think the technical innovation needs to happen. Like Spotify is not a studio um, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a record label or a studio. It's for everything. And we think you need that in the industry in addition to the AMC Cinemark and Regals of the world. So if I'm a theater owner though, and I am looking at, you know, if I'm one of the big chains, I'm looking at this and 
why are, they're not going to want to give you the relationship that they have with their customers. That's what they say. I talked to a big executive at a big chain this week, and he was basically like, F these guys. You know, yep. we now have the relationship with our customers. We're not going to hand that over because, yes, they could fill our seats. But let's say MoviePass gets big again. MoviePass all of a sudden starts demanding concessions from us. They want 25% of our popcorn sales. They want lower ticket prices. They start to have leverage over us if they amass this direct relationship with the customer that we, frankly, have done a pretty good job of creating over the past five years. So what's your answer to that? And what, you know, and, and do you understand their fears? I think that's a small view of the world. Um, when we sold movie pass was 10 people, right? It's, <laughs> it's kind of like the boogeyman. So, so here, here's how I see the ecosystem. The big three are really great at massive tentpole movies. They have larger auditoriums. They have, uh, bigger seating capacity, and they really do big films well. Movie Pass really made a difference to the 150 seat below auditorium, the Oscar, and the Independent. We were that thing that gave discovery to a lot of titles. Again, we don't move the needle for the Marvel title, so I don't see how those two are in conflict with each other. They do different things in the marketplace. And if I were running the business, when we were working with AMC before there was a CEO change, they saw us as an aggregator that could help drive traffic. We don't come into the theater and ever interact with the customer at the ground level. That's still their job, right? So it, uh, Expedia doesn't ever run the hotel, right? So if they do a good job and they show movies that people want, they're gonna they're gonna go to that theater. And so right. I would think you'd want to work with someone versus having the mindset that we fear Movie Pass, we don't want to work with them, uh, we don't want to deal with any technical innovation. You know, we we look at ourselves as a kind of an engineering developer skunk works team. And if I were running a, 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 a circuit, I would want every opportunity to be engaged with everybody who's trying to drive traffic to my venues. I think that that's... Well, a and to that end, I, I asked the National Association of Theater Owners, which is the lobbying group for the theaters, and they gave me an interesting statement. They said, we welcome any company that is willing to work with exhibition to grow movie going. We look forward to seeing how MoviePass plans to accomplish that. Now, all things considered, you know, considering the fact that you are essentially potentially competing with the loyalty programs of their members, that's a pretty positive statement. Yeah. And again, I don't think it's competition because remember if so, I'm I'm an AMC member. I'm a Regal member and I'm a movie pass member, right? I feel like I'm a hair club for men. I was going to say, you're all of a sudden spending a hundred bucks a month on movie theater memberships. Right. So, so, but the point being is I have my loyalty points with AMC, even if I use my movie pass. So I don't, it's not that you get an either or scenario, it's and, right? So you benefit both ways. Uh, we were 50% in New York of all the ticket sales for uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. We were 20%. The Mr. Rogers movie, right. Right. So when you take those films, 
and you say, wow, they MoviePass was 20 to 50% of the sales. We were creating a discovery capability. You got to remember, theaters don't do marketing for movies, right? The stu- that, that burden is on the studio. Yeah. Oh, don't forget Nicole Kidman, those amazing yeah. AMC commercials. Right. But you're, yes, but they're, <laughs> that's, but she's you're not, right. That's brand marketing. You're marketing, right. You're right. Yeah. She's not marketing the specific titles. Yeah. That doesn't happen at the theater level, but inside the Movie Pass app, we worked really hard on those independent titles to drive traffic to those theaters. And we were very successful at that. Even with the big loyalty programs, they don't necessarily focus on that level. Right. So th- there, the way I understand it, there are essentially two types of loyalty programs. And clarify this if I'm wrong. There are There's a transactional type program, which is how Cinemark does it, where you pay $8.99 and you get one ticket and then you can buy other tickets at that price. So it's kind of a yeah. transactional-based loyalty program. And then there is what's called notional value. And that's what AMC and Regal have, which is where you pay them a fee the fee goes to them, you get a card, and then when you attend, they keep track of how you are attending. And they, the problem with that kind of a system is that you then have to apply a value to that ticket that you are using when you show up at an AMC or Regal theater. And there's problems with that. And I've talked to people in the studio world where they say, you know, especially if the point of sale system is not great, um, you, they don't often say whether it's a senior ticket or adult or military, you know, they then just charge them full price. Right. The studios I've talked to said they're not going to agree if MoviePass wants to do this kind of notional value system. Um, but that seems like kind of what you're positioning this as. Am I wrong? So I think that's a bit more complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So if I if I am a producer or a studio, my movie is perishable fruit. I have I'm going to call it 4 weeks in it in the theaters to drive traffic. Today, only 20% of my seats for those auditoriums is sold. Right? Right. So it's not complicated that If you want to put more butts in seats, you have a couple of options. You're going to spend more on marketing dollars, or you're going to look at other ways that are going to drive traffic. What we found, and in the Mather report that we did, movie pass increased movie going by 111 to 144% for anyone who signed up for the service. And they increased the long tail of the independence and the smaller films. And we also know that they double that behavior Monday through Thursday, okay? The industry needs that. Whether it's MoviePass or AMC or whomever, the industry needs to change its mindset from there's one price, it's pay-per-view. The video industry has three models that it uses. It uses a pay-per-view model. So I pay once and I see once. It uses a subscription model and it uses an ad model. And it gathers all that revenue from those multiple revenue streams. We are still thinking in an old world way, which is what causes the industry not to be able to expand. So However we do it, I I don't think it matters. We just propose some data that is irrefutable at this point. So I 
I, I don't think there's there's like battle talk. I'll sit down with any studio head. I will have a simple value proposition. Can I help drive traffic to your movie when it's in theaters? I'll talk to any producer. And if they come up with something more unique than what we're doing on the software side, I'm happy to help. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, especially in this challenged market where we see these theater companies are literally going bankrupt because yeah. there's not as much product, their debt is insurmountable, and they need people in these theaters. Every person you bring to the theater is someone who potentially buys a $10 pub of, a tub of popcorn. Right. So, you know, the, what I think they're afraid of when I talk to these people is they're afraid of two things. The first I mentioned, which is they are essentially giving up that direct to consumer relationship, which they all want to have if they people are going through which you. Which you don't have a relationship if people aren't going. So, That's but. great, great response. And then the second is I think they're afraid of the value proposition of movies. I mean, when we talk about producer Craig loving his movie pass subscription, it's because he was essentially going to movies for free. In his mind, in the minds of MoviePass subscribers, the movie-going experience was free when they were members. And when you talk to these theaters, after MoviePass went away, there was a segment of those people who didn't come back because they were so used to the prospect of cheap or free movies that paying $10, $12 for a ticket was not great. And that long-term according to the studio people I've talked to, is very damaging to the business, or could be. I think it has to be based on real math. So mm -hmm. I have real numbers. They have emotional numbers, right? <laughs> so the, the real numbers were, we took the average person who went to the movies 12 times a year, and we got them to go 24 times a year. Okay, that's a, that's a fact that was proven. The other was, the average spend of that person was $114. They increased their overall spend to $400 a year on MoviePass when you add concessions and ticket sales into the system. The third part was the frequency of doubling midweek behavior, massive, at 56%. And then we were finding that people use MoviePass as a discovery tool where we disproportionately changed the dynamics of films that were in the art house medium to Oscar spectrum. People used it as a discovering tool. We've seen it with Spotify. We've seen it with Pandora. We've seen it with Airbnb. We've seen it with Uber, that those business increase engagement, which allows you sales opportunities. And that's where our mindset in the, the movie industry is so terrified. And that's, that's what I think we need to open up our minds and the, the, the pandemic and the pain that we're going through right now, we need to open up and test new ideas, test it. You don't like it, don't do it, right? right. Try it, try it out. Right. So where are you going to launch first? I've, I've heard what you've been telling people. Can I run that by you? Yeah. So the, the true answer was mm -hmm. we have a set of theaters that we have done deals with. And then we're going to allow people to sign up by zip code. And then our plan is to take the markets where the theaters are and the markets where people signed up and then take those two and, and rank them based on footprint. 
And that's how we're going to then rank them and prioritize those markets that way. But first, we need to put customers, uh, put potential customers in by zip code. And then that way we will align those. So when we close the list by Monday, we will, uh, so you have these regions and you break the regions out and then you look at the circuits in those regions. And that's, that's the homework we have in front of us. I had heard that the first markets will be Kansas City, Chicago, Dallas, and Atlanta. Is that accurate? It's a high probability given that many of the exhibitors that have partnered with us are in some of those markets. Um, but there's a lot of partnerships that are in the works in New York. There's less partnerships on the West Coast. But the middle of the country is really uh, has signed up and has want is raring to go. So when you talk about partnerships, what are you talking about here? Because these these chains can't stop you, right? They can't stop you from buying tickets and reselling them to your customers. Yeah, but MoviePass doesn't work if that's the relationship, right? We work, we work when we all work together for years. I'm I well, you want discounts. No, it's it's you want partnerships. So look. Explain how the partnerships work then. Sure. You you're you're running a theater, okay? And you have a movie that's opening. And now the studio has done its part. It's advertised and here it is. And you're, 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 you've got opening weekend. Okay. And we're all competing against people staying at home, watching Disney plus and Netflix. Now, now you have that the content player, right? Who the studio also is either day and date or in a few weeks going to put that title on streaming, right? So now as a theater owner, if you want to stay in business, you have to think, okay, Halloween is going to go day and date in both places, right? Yeah, in October, yep. Yep. So you need to start to play a part in how you're going to get people in your auditorium. So what we said is we are a company who is a software solution, right? And at the end of the day, if the industry says, you know what, everything's fine, keep the tickets all where they are. We're not going to do wholesale because it's not, you're giving it to MoviePass. You're giving it to the customer who you say, if you come in on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday night, I'm not going to charge you what it is on Friday or Saturday night. Those have to do with the theater and the studio's MLA licenses. I don't have anything to do with that. I'm, I'm a software solution for you as a studio or a theater. So if you say, I re- I'm playing four weeks in, 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 at the Angelica. I want as much traffic. Hey, MoviePass, what can we do that I can guarantee to get that traffic, either working with you mm-hmm. and your app or working with the theater that we're all on the same page? At the end of the day, we're losing ground to other technologies that are playing with business models that young people are are engaging with. And that's what MoviePass is trying to introduce to the ecosystem. So will you make those theaters available on MoviePass that are not official partners? Yes. As, as when I was CEO, all mm-hmm. theaters will be in the system and okay. they will be untouched. They won't, nobody's going to get pulled. You know, that's what those guys did. But 
I'm I'm from. Yeah, they were they threatened. They said, "Well, right. we will pull your theater in X town if you don't do a favorable deal with us." Things like that. That will never happen as mm -hmm. long as I'm the CEO and I run Movie Pass. Um, how big do you think Movie Pass can get? You know, it was three million under the old model and growing, 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 but losing, losing, losing. So with a more responsible model, how big do you think this can get? I believe that 30% of moviegoers, if done properly, would subscribe to a subscription service, whether it doesn't matter who it is. Mm -hmm. So I believe 50 to 70 million people if priced right and done right, would sign up to some subscription service and they would double the revenue of the movie industry. That's what the math has told us. What is the behavior when someone joins a subscription service and how long do they do that? So on average, they double their behavior and they extend their life for a minimum of two years. That's the math. So if, if we as an industry focus on incremental attendance, you should be able to get to 50 to 70 million subscribers. I mean, think about Disney Plus and Netflix both having, you know, north of 100 million customers in the U.S., right? So we as an industry should be able to get to 50 million people, right? Yeah, it's very different, though. Disney Plus has 10,000 or so titles. You can watch that every night of the of the month. This is you're talking about a limited number, but I guess it. I get no, it. It's no, a different no, experience. remember, no, no, remember. Every day you can go to the movies, right? It it is a live event. It is the number one out of home entertainment activity in no, the world. No, but you're have to you're gonna have to pay more. And what I'm saying is, what you're offering is is a very different value proposition than Netflix or Disney Plus. No, it's it's the same idea. It's just a different. If I have Spotify or mm -hmm. let's let's take a, a paid version of TikTok and TikTok has content that is in three minutes or less, two minutes, 60 seconds, whatever, two minutes or less. And I have 10 billion pieces of content, right? I have the library on a streaming service, which, as you know, no one watches all 10,000 titles. That's true. Okay, so people like to use that as a comparison. That's not, it's the same with Blockbuster. When Blockbuster was around, it was all about the new release wall. It wasn't about the long tail in the catalog. It was right. con movie, movie going is its own unique. It has a value proposition that has perishable fruit that's for a limited time only, just like the music industry when concerts come through town. So it's a different animal, but it has the same basics. But people always say, for my $10, I get an unlimited library. Well, if that was the case, Netflix and Disney wouldn't spend any time on making new release content right. for retention. It's the new stuff that brings people in. It's the new stuff. It's 90% of the consumption. And that's what matters. If not, they wouldn't be killing themselves to make new content. Right. I'm just saying that if you are a MoviePass customer, there is a limited amount of movies you can see. There's more, there's more movies than you will be able to go see. <laughs> right. Unless you are doing this professionally, which I know right. a lot of people, a lot of journalists and people in the industry love MoviePass because it let them just yeah. see everything, didn't have to pay anything. But I do think there's a market for this. And I agree with you. This, it is a shame that these theaters 
are not full for these movies. And there is a market there to fill it, just like with Hotels Tonight, where they're taking the inventory and they're selling it to people. Um, it is a very similar proposition just in the subscription model, which is where a lot of these things are going. I think if these movie theater, uh, if, if you or these movie theater companies significantly increased their subscriber numbers, I think Wall Street and the people that look at them as investors might have a second look. If there were 50 million people in this country that were subscribed to a movie theater, yep. think about that model and recurring revenue and getting people to pay up front for a year's worth of movie going. That is a much more valuable proposition than trying to lure someone to a theater with $50 million in marketing once a week. 100%. All right. The great news is, is we have our own guinea pig in producer Craig, who will be testing out the new movie pass to see how well it serves his needs. Hopefully you'll let him in. He's on the wait list. Can I don't put know. In a good word? You know, Craig went so much. I don't know. We'll have to think. <laughs> <of that. laughs> uh, all right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Stacey Spikes. Good luck with movie pass. Thanks guys. Thanks, Matt. All right. We are back with the call sheet, Craig. This Batgirl controversy does not seem to be going away. Did you see the latest news? The, the funeral screening. What a horrific name. Come up with something better than funeral screening. <laughs> so Batgirl, as if you don't know, is the movie that the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, David Zaslav, has killed for a tax write-off. The talent involved in that film are so upset that this movie is going away that they are organizing funeral screenings on the Warner Brothers lot so people who are involved with the movie can come and pay their respects before it is potentially incinerated or buried in the back <laughs> lot in Burbank or something. Um, we make fun of it, but this is a big deal to a lot of the people involved. One of the actresses involved in the in the film, uh, Ivory Aquino, she issued an open letter to Zaslav. She said, as one of the many who poured our hearts into the making of this movie, I ask that this measure be reconsidered. As much as I've tried my best to be strong these past few weeks, I find myself crying, for lack of a better term, from grief. And tonight was one of those nights. So people are still really pissed and they're now getting access to see this movie. So my prediction today is I think Batgirl is going to leak online. <laughs> Release the Batgirl cut. Are we going to be seeing hashtags soon? Uh, we're already seeing it. And not just Batgirl, the Scooby-Doo sequel as well. Scoob, they're also showing that one. <laughs> To people. And that one I heard was a little bit further along. The, the problem with the Batgirl movie is that it's not done. I mean, it doesn't have all the visual effects and music and everything. So if it did leak, it would be a weird experience for people to see. But given the number of people and the animosity towards the parent company here, and you know, all it's going to take is somebody to camcord this thing or put it on their phone or, or someone's going to pay the film exhibitioner or somebody, you know, the editor is going to get a copy. Somebody is going to get a copy of this movie. And my prediction is that it will leak online. And my prediction is all the people who want to see it will finally see it when it's leaked and will be subsequently disappointed. Probably thoroughly <laughs> underwhelmed by what they see, but whatever. If I was the new CEO, this company is probably going to be sold in a few years. If I was the new CEO, the first thing I would do when I came in would be to say, you know what, Hollywood, we're going to finish the Batgirl movie and we're going to release it. You would be instantly the hero of town. All right, that's my prediction. That's the show for today. I want to thank Stacey Spikes for coming on. I want to thank producer Craig Horbeck. And I want to thank you. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.